This is Jim Lawless and Nat Ayers speaking to you today on the Gospel is for All Internet Radio Broadcast. We're always very happy to be with you on our radio broadcast each and every week, and we're being heard over the TGRN.org Internet Program, and I'm very happy that we're able to be with them and with you. This program is brought to you by the Broadway Church of Christ in Tyler, Texas. You'll always have a very warm and friendly invitation and reception when you come to the Broadway Church of Christ. We encourage you to come whenever you possibly can, either for morning Bible studies and worship service or midweek Bible study on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. That's uh, the Broadway Church of Christ in Tyler, Texas. Nat, it's good to be with you today on yes, our radio program. And we continue our discussion of the grace of God. And we were talking about this very important matter of the righteousness of God has been revealed. And that's what got us started on this discussion. Yes. We looked, first of all, at the wrath of God. And, and there's a lot in the pages of the Bible about the wrath of God. And we need to be very concerned about that as children of God. And for those people who are not children of God, I need to be very concerned about the fact that there is a great day of wrath coming for those who have rejected the gospel message and our Savior. But that led us into a discussion about the grace of God. You, to have a balanced outlook on this, we need to study not only the wrath of God, but we need to look at the other side of the coin, and that's the grace of God, which is what we're discussing for the present. And I've asked Nat if he would read for us a classic passage on God's grace. It comes to us from Ephesians chapter 2. And Nat, I'm going to let you read there and ask you to read that uh, paragraph, some of that paragraph sure. for us, and then make some comments as we go along and study. I hope that you have your Bible with you. I hope you're, you have your Bible open, that you have pencil and paper handy, that you can write some of these passages down as Nat begins to read them for us. Thank you, Jim. It is good to be with you. As Jim said, uh, we've spent some time talking about the wrath of God, and I think it's important to understand the wrath of God to be able to understand the grace of God. Uh, it's a either or. You either have the option of wrath or you have the option of, of grace. And I'm so thankful that we have a God who gives us that option that even though we're sinners, we can have grace. We can be saved from the wrath. In uh, verse 4 of Ephesians 2, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised as a, uh, raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show uh, the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For great by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in, in them. You know, Jim, as I read this, my mind and my, my eyes go to this verse 7. Uh, uh, he might show the measurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us, in Christ. You know, I believe that in Christ is a very important part of, of this uh, 
when we speak of grace, you know, so many people believe that this grace is something showered down upon us without any um, role that we play, without anything, you know, that God's grace almost, uh, Jim, it seems the way the world puts it, almost in a, what we'd call a miraculous way, reaches down there and grabs somebody out, you know, this Calvinistic approach that you can't resist it, it's there for you, it's been showered upon you, and there are certain ones that are just showered this grace. We see that it's in Christ that we have that grace. We must have done the things. We must have uh, somehow gotten into Christ, in Christ, to receive this grace. It's it's not uh, it's not separate and apart from Christ. That grace comes with being a child of God, being in Christ. That is so true, Nat. And I'm glad you went back to verse four. Sometimes you just read eight and nine. And right. Those are great passages about grace. Of course, but it all goes back to the mercy of sure. God. It says in verse 4, but God being rich in mercy. Yes. And the, the great quality of God's mercy produced the grace, the favor that yes. we desperately need. And, and that's what he brings up in verse 5. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, that means we were spiritually cut off from God. Right. Separated from God due to the problem of sin in our lives. And so we desperately, we're in a desperate situation. And that is that we need God's help in this matter, and the help was God's grace. For by grace you have been saved through faith, verse 8, uh, which certainly is showing that they had been saved. Yes. Uh, it was a present reality. Their yes. salvation was a present reality. For by grace you have been saved through yeah. faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. It means that they couldn't earn it, they right. didn't merit it, but that's the point that you were making. I'm trying to work into it. Yeah. And that is, there is something we have to do in order to receive it. That's right. And so many people have the mistaken notion that all they can do is ask for God's grace and receive it. Well, yeah. there's more to it than that. That's it's, right. It's more complex than that. It's a matter of gospel obedience. <clears throat> that if a person uh, wants to receive the grace of God, he must obey the gospel of Christ. And I think that's shocking to some people. Yes. Shocking that so many people are unaware of the fact that grace and obedience are not enemies. Yeah. But grace and obedience uh, are complementary one of the other. We might go to a good passage to help us see that, Nat. And I might ask you to read that for sure. us. It's in James chapter 2. And, and the thought is being discussed for the present as to how to receive the grace of God. And there's such so much misunderstanding about this matter that I think it's good for us to stop for a moment and consider it carefully. And I'm thinking of James chapter 2 and about verse 21 on down through verse 26. And as you'll notice this particular passage, you're going to see that uh, grace and faith and works are not enemies to each other, but they're complementary of each other. Go ahead and read. All right. Let's begin right here in verse 21. Was not uh, We are in James 2, uh, 21, and we do encourage you to follow along with us in your Bible. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. As he was called a friend of God, you see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way, 
Was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messenger and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from the works is dead. You know, Jim, we read this passage, and I agree, I believe the world confuses what this works, what we're talking about when we're talking about these these works of obedience. Uh, that they're not works of merit trying to to earn your salvation, but they're works of obedience. Uh, Abraham was being obedient to God's will when he raised the knife to uh, to take uh, to sacrifice Isaac. Uh, Rahab was being uh, obedient when she sent the uh, sent the men out a different way. She was being obedient to what God had told her. Uh, following God's will, being obedient, is different than trying to do all the goodness and all the righteous things you can do on your own to please God enough to give you salvation. And that's a different thing than obedience. You know, I often think of in my own family, uh, Jim. Uh, there's a difference in in my children, uh, day in day out, obeying my rules because they love and respect me. Versus, hey, daddy, I want to earn, uh, I want to go to the movies today, and I, here's, can I go do, uh, mow the lawn and wash the car and do all that to earn my $20 to go to that movie? You know, there's a difference in daily, day in, day out, obeying, uh, and respecting in the household. Why can't we understand that when we put it into practice, uh, to God's word? Oh, it's a good illustration. That, yeah. It shows how much we expect, yeah. uh, someone to earn uh, the the amount that they are to receive. They go out, they work, they yeah. earn it. Yeah. Now, in this case, we want to make clear we do not earn it. That's right. We do not earn it. Even though we do everything God has told us to do, we still do not deserve no. it. No. But God has said we will receive it. Yeah. Uh, now, that's your point's right about the works there. We're yeah. in James chapter 2. We're under, trying to understand the relationship between works, grace, and faith. And uh, as you read there, verse 24, you see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. But what does he mean by works there? Yeah. He means obedience. That's he right. means the things that we do. Yes. We are justified by obedient faith and, and not just faith alone. Yeah. Faith alone is a dead faith. Yeah. And then he makes mention of it again in verse 26. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead. So also faith, apart from works, is dead. So yes. a faith that does not motivate yes. one to obey is a dead faith. Right. Now, a dead faith means it doesn't do anything for us. It doesn't accomplish anything Good. for us. And so the reason we have to spend so much time uh, discussing this important point is because as far as denominations are concerned, they really don't see obedience as essential. Yep. It's okay if you do that, but having to obey in order to receive yep. the grace of God is something very foreign to their thinking. Yes. It's more of a Calvinistic notion. I can receive the grace of God and the blessings of God simply by calling on God and calling on the name of the Lord, and I'm going to receive it. But that's certainly not what we're reading here. Right. James chapter 2, uh, a passage very clearly tells us we're not saved by faith alone. James 2 and 24. And I'd encourage you to open that Bible passage up. And I would encourage you to um, uh, read that carefully. And then write that verse down. And what I'd encourage you to do is go to your preacher and ask him about that. 
Ask him, what does James 2.24 mean? What does James 2.26 mean? Can I receive the grace of God simply by calling on the name of the Lord? Or simply by praying? Which is what so many preachers preach. But that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that it must be an obedient kind of faith. A faith that has such commitment and trust that it motivates me to obey the will of God. Now this point about faith and grace and obedient faith is found in our text of Ephesians as well. Uh, We were reading Ephesians chapter 2, and we were talking about, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Uh, But this matter is found in the Bible passage as well. If you'll go to Ephesians chapter 5 in our text, as we're studying about this matter of gospel obedience, receiving God's grace, and notice in verse 26, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. Now, the church is cleansed by the washing of water. Yes. And so it is sanctified by the washing of water. Yes. It is saved by the washing of water. In Ephesians 5.26, if you're not washed in water, you're not going to be sanctified. That's right. You're not going to be cleansed. You're not going to be saved from sin. So Paul, in this passage of Ephesians 2, says we're saved by grace. But in Ephesians 5, he says we're saved by the washing of water with the Word. That's right. It's something we must do. Yes. And this is not an inconsistency. This is not a contradiction, but this is complementing one another. Uh, Grace that saves is the result of a faith that obeys. And I think it's important for us to get that particular point across, especially if we're going to um, study this matter of grace. Now, Matt, there's another point that I'd like to bring up as we're talking about grace. In light of discussions last week and now again this week, is that we must keep ourselves in a state of grace. Yes. Otherwise, we'll fall from grace. Right. And and I'd like for us to look at a Bible passage or so uh, from this particular matter, and particularly, Nat, if you would read Galatians 3, I think that's a verse there that will help us with regard to telling us how to become children of God. And then once we read Galatians 3, 26, 27, we'll go on to Galatians chapter 5 and verse 4 and see how that some fell away from that. And so let's go now to the point, an additional point, a further point about the matter of grace and faithful gospel obedience, and that is that we must live our lives according to the New Testament teaching in order to continually receive the grace of God. For if we don't, then we're going to lose the grace of God. Yes. Um, let's go to Galatians chapter 3. In the passage I have in mind, you may want to start earlier in the paragraph, like verse 23. Okay. But the point that I'm looking at here is how do you receive God's grace? Yes. All right, let's look at this. At Galatians 3.23, Now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our, our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we're no longer under guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you also you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's no male and female, for you are all 
one in Christ. And if you're Christ, then you're Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. And then the passage uh, in 5.4, this, this explains how to be in Christ. Uh, it talks about before Christ came, that men were justified by faith. But uh, uh, when uh, the faith had come, in verse 25, when faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. Uh, for in Christ Jesus, you all are sons of God. Uh, you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. So we see that uh, when Christ came, there's a new standard. It took faith and baptism, or faith and something else, obedience. But in five, uh, 5 verse 4, we see that uh, you can uh, move out of a state of grace. You can uh, once have been in a state of, of having God's grace showered upon you, and then you can you can be severed or removed uh, from Christ. Uh, Galatians 5.4, you are severed from Christ. You who would be justified by the law, you have fallen away from grace. So we see it is possible to have once been in a right relationship with God, having grace, having a favor with God, but also falling away uh, from that grace. That is so true. You see, in Galatians chapter 3, now that's a good passage to study, as you mentioned. Yeah. At verse 26, for in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. Yes. Uh, that new relationship is sustained by being baptized into Christ. Yes. He tells us how, for as many as you of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So they did that. Yes. Uh, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. But by the time you get to Galatians chapter 5, verse 4, yeah. he says you are severed from Christ. Now, they yeah. were in Christ because yes. of their obedience to the gospel, but now he's talking about them being severed or separated from Christ. Uh, you who would be justified by the law, for you have fallen away from grace. Galatians 5, 4. Now, it's amazing to me, Matt, that how many people are out there who claim to be Christians, yeah. who claim to be following the New Testament, the teaching of Christ, and the inspired apostles that they would contend for the false notion that you cannot fall away from the That's grace right. of God. Well, I love this in verse 7, too, and we could have kept going. Uh, you were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Yeah. You can quit obeying the truth. Absolutely. You can turn away from the truth. These folks were running the good race, as Paul would have, would have talked, but at some point, they quit listening to the truth. They quit obeying the truth. And so obedience... Uh, you know, it, we want to call it a work, which I believe is is we're uh, justified through James uh, to be able to call it a work, but it's a work of obedience. It's it's uh, not a work of merit. Right. We've got to day in day out have the heart and mindset to obey God's word, and that's where when we do that along with our faith is where we're still in a state of grace. That's right, and. Uh, the point the Bible is making here, and the one that we're trying to explain and illustrate, is the point that we must ever live in the reception of God's grace yeah. by being faithful to Him. Yeah. At the point in time where we become unfaithful to God and unfaithful yeah. to Christ and the teaching of Christ, we lose the grace. Yes. We lose the favor. Now, there's a very popular phrase that says, once saved, always saved. 
But that popular phrase just is not true. Yeah. It doesn't ring right with what we read from the pages of the Bible, where the Bible is telling the Galatian Christians, you are in Christ yes. because you were baptized into Christ, but now you're severed from Christ, you've fallen from grace, Galatians 5, 4. As you pointed out in verse 7, you were running well, but now you someone has hindered you from obeying the gospel of Christ and continuing to live it. Now, there are a number of Bible passages that bring this point up. For example, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and 1. And as you turn to that in the pages of your Bible, I hope that you're taking note of these verses and that you're writing them down, and I hope that you uh, study them carefully in the confines of your own home. Then ask about them and read about them and research them and just see what the Bible is teaching you. In this passage, 2 Corinthians 6 and 1, Working together with him, then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. In other words, you can fall from that grace if you don't live faithfully the Christian life as you should. Paul made mention of the point in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And, and there's a marvelous passage about uh, this life and the next life. But he makes a statement there in verse 10 of that verse. But by the grace of God I am what I am, and this grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. 1 Corinthians 15, and the verse is verse 10. Yeah. And the point is, Paul said, now, as I was faithful in living the Christian life, it w I did not receive the grace of God in vain. He urged the church at Corinth, don't receive the grace of God in vain. You can receive the grace of God, but you can lose it. Yep. Second Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 1. Well, these are all important passages, uh, Nat, that talk about the importance of being faithful to God, living according to the uh, uh, Word of God, being the joyful recipient of the grace of God through obedient faith, and in turn receiving God's uh, saving message. You know, as you're uh, reading that, passage i was also thinking you know uh, john in in it's a passage that we're very familiar with but we all we always we read it but there's an important word in it but if we walk in the light first uh, john 1 7 yeah. as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another in the blood of jesus his son cleanses us from all sin and that's an ongoing cleanses and uh, that's talking about it you know it uh it's a um future cleansing it continues to cleanse us but that if is a very important and that whole passage uh here the word if continues to come up if we say we have fellowship if we say we have no sin if we can but that if we walk in the light as he is in the light that if is a very important part of that Absolutely. passage yeah. uh, it is contingent our right. being cleansed of our sins is contingent upon Walking in the light, uh, doing our best to walk where uh, uh, Jesus is and, and have fellowship with him. Um, if we get off in the darkness, if we walk away from the light, can we, is that if, does that if hold water? Does that if, uh, that if makes it uh, contingent upon our walk and our, uh, to be able to be, uh, have our sins cleansed, or, or yeah, our sins cleansed. But if we, if you turn that around, but if we don't walk in the light, it changes the rest of that sentence. Yeah. If we don't walk in the light, we don't have uh, the cleansing of our sins. That is so true, Nat. And I, Nat is uh, 
helping us understand a very important concept that's taught to us in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7, and I hope that you'll turn to that particular passage and, and read that in your Bible and make notes of that, that if we walk in the light, and he's making the, the point about uh, if there, it, it is a matter of up to us to walk in the light. Now, let's never forget the point that this grace is received at the point of Bible baptism. Yes. When we're baptized into Christ. Uh, let's turn quickly, and it'll have to be quickly because of our time, uh, to look at uh, Romans chapter 6. And as you notice, uh, Romans chapter 6, and particularly verse 4, he talks about this point. Uh, we were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, Romans 6, 4, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the fathers, we too might walk in newness of life. Uh, that newness of life, you see, comes at the point of being baptized. Yes. Uh, that newness of life is just a Bible way of saying we receive the forgiveness of our sins. Skip on over there to Romans chapter 6 and verse 17. But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient. Now there's that word again. Obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you have been committed and having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. Well, when did the having been set free from sin take place? Well, it took place when we became, when we had that newness of life. And when did the newness of life take place? It took place when we were baptized into the death of Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins. <laughs> so that particular matter of receiving the grace of God comes at the point of faithful gospel obedience. It is a grace system, but this experience of newness of life takes place when we're raised by from immersion in water. Absolutely. And that's the point that I'm emphasizing now in, in Romans chapter 6, verse 4. Obedience is not excluded from God's grace system. To say the same thing in another way, Christ saves us through the washing of regeneration. And that simply is baptism and the renewing of the Holy Spirit, Titus chapter 3, verse 5. This is equivalent to being justified by His grace, Titus chapter 3 and verse 7. Well, Jim, it's hard, uh, as, as we discuss the, the uh, point of grace, it's hard, it's hard to see how folks can miss that it takes faithful obedience to receive God's grace. It, it always has, and it, it always will. Um, if there's been anything that you've heard today that uh, has piqued your interest or uh, maybe even you might disagree with and would like for Jim and I to uh, discuss it on the air or talk about these things more, uh, we'd encourage you to reach out to us by email. And you can email us here at... Uh, Jim, help me with the email. Uh, you've got the card there, don't you? It is Broadway Church of Christ Tyler dot com yes. broadway church of christ tyler dot com and we'd love to have responses to our um from our listeners and we'll try to answer those uh, questions or comments that you might have uh, we hope that you'll join us again next week